I hope that you've got on your radar next Sunday, January 7th, we start a brand new teaching series called Smarter, Faster, Stronger, Wiser. I realize many of us may have the Smarter, Faster, Stronger plan ready to kick tomorrow, or at least maybe the 2nd of January, but I don't think a lot of us spend a lot of time thinking about what's our, our wisdom growth plan for 2018, not realizing I think a lot of times that wisdom has this ripple effect that can transform every facet of your entire life, not just how you look or one segment of your life. I really encourage you to be here next Sunday as our senior pastor, John, kicks off a brand new teaching series. Um, and uh, I think uh, we're going to spend a great time here in January digging into the book of Proverbs and letting God's wisdom transform us. So I really encourage you to be here. Maybe invite somebody with you uh, right now. Over the next week or so, people are sort of primed for transformation, for a challenge to grow. And uh, maybe you want to invite somebody to be here with you as we kick off that new series next Sunday, January 7th. Well, we're really glad that you're here. Thanks so much for choosing to spend a New Year's Eve uh, with us today. In fact, if you're new here at Gateway, we'd love to extend a special welcome and thank you just for showing up. Uh, here today. Uh, if you could do us the honor of filling out a Connect card, it's in the seat back right in front of you. You can take a completed Connect card out to the new here table. Uh, it's at either end of the lobby. And if you dro drop that card off to them, not only would somebody love to welcome you, but they'll put a free gift in your hand just for showing up at church today. So thanks so much for being here. If you have been around Gateway uh, for a, a little bit of time, you may have picked up on one of the high values that we place on living connected, that not just showing up and being around church, but really connecting with other people. And one of the easiest ways for you and I to live connected with each other here at Gateway is by serving others with others. So I'd love to invite you to attend our Starting Gate Tour. It meets right over here on the wall, right after the service. It'll take just a few minutes of your time. You'll get familiarized with different serving opportunities here at Gateway, as well as kind of learn a little bit about our campus and what goes on here on a Sunday. I realize some of you have thought, maybe for the past few months, about going to Starting Gate, but you've never had the time, you've never prioritized it. It's a holiday, all right? Nothing gets going until at least like 11.55 tonight, okay? I encourage you, check out Starting Gate and, uh, and just kind of spend a little time going, finishing the year strong and go, God, what might you have for me in 2018? Would love for you uh, to check that out and be a part of it. Well, uh, one of the things that, uh, in terms of transformation and looking towards 2018, we want to make sure that are on your radar is that we have a whole new uh, offering of Restore classes coming your way uh, in the next few weeks here as January gets rolling. Restore are, is kind of a, a group of classes and opportunities for you to take hold in a new way of hope or healing or restoration in some area of your life. You can check out gatewaychurch.com slash restore to learn more about the offerings uh, that are in this uh, lineup here in the spring. But whether you're looking to grow in your marriage, whether there's a season of healing that you need uh, for an issue that you're working through, grief, uh, or even if you're recovering from a divorce, there's lots of different ways uh, that you could prioritize restoration in your world in 2018. And Restore would love to help. You can find that out on our website. You can look at the Gateway uh, Church app, or you can even drop by the Restore table that's right out here in the lobby. There'd be somebody who'd love to talk with you uh, after this service. Throughout the month of December, if you've been paying attention, we've been talking a lot about how we can finish the year strong as it relates to generosity through our Epicenter Year-End uh, Giving Initiative. Uh, we've taken a look and, at what are the needs in this world, and we saw unprecedented disaster that really needs to be met with unprecedented generosity this year. And we've been working with Epicenter partners in Houston, Las Vegas, Burundi, and Haiti. And uh, here as we close out the final hours of 2017, we wanted you to get a glimpse of how your giving is impacting the world. Watch. 
In the days after the storm, you were quick to respond. You sent us more than $20,000. You've been sending us supplies. I want to ask you to consider giving to Gateway Church for hurricane relief. We're thrilled to be your partner, and we have so much to do in helping rebuild homes of the poorest brothers and sisters in this city that are simply needing help to get back in their homes and reestablish a sense of normalcy. Since October 1st, we've been able to provide counseling, both one-on-one -on -one and through different support groups, for over 50 of the survivors of the shooting. We've also been able to pay bills for uh, the victims' families. We have seen hundreds of people's lives change. People who are very far from God, who have put their faith in Jesus. And you are a part of every single one of those stories. Thank you so much. And I just want to say thank you for your partnership. Hurricane Harvey and Irma came through this area. And we were able to empty our warehouse of a million meals to take product from here and send to the Turks and Caicos. The miraculous story there is it's the first time the Haitian government has become a sending nation. Now as the news has left and people have forgotten about the hurricanes, we're still here. We're still able to meet the needs of the people in the name of Jesus. And it's because of you. Thank you for your partnership. World Relief works with a group of 185 churches and together with them, helping them to address the biggest problem in Burundi, which is child malnourishment. But the churches are making a difference through programs such as agricultural groups and savings groups. And you, Gateway, have had a big part to play in this. This coming Christmas, through your Epicenter program, you can help us to serve even more churches and help many more thousands of children. Thank you so much for making us one of your partners for your year-end giving initiative. So thank you for your partnership. It's because of what you do that we're able to be here on the ground. God bless you, Gateway Church, and thank you. So thank you very much, and God bless you. really grateful for the ways that you've chosen to be generous. And now uh, through just the next few hours here, by midnight tonight, we'll wrap up Epicenter, uh, our giving uh, year-end giving initiative. And I really encourage you, uh, if that's on your heart, we would love to partner with you. Uh, in that. We're gonna, our goal is to fully resource our epicenter of impact here in Austin uh, by uh, meeting our December budget, but we'd love to far exceed that and really bless some of these partners around the world. We're going to receive uh, the offering uh, for today right now. And uh, real quick, if you're brand new here, we've been talking a little bit about giving. Hey, no pressure, okay? You can just let the bucket slide right past. Uh, no pressure at all for you to that. Hopefully this service is a gift to you. Uh, but if Gateway is your church home, I really encourage you uh, as we close out this year to consider how you could be generous as we finish the year strong together. When I think back over 2017 and all that God has done in and through our church, I am sort of struck by how generous and faithful God has been. And I would invite you to uh, respond with generosity and faithfulness to him here as we close out our year, okay? Thanks for being such a generous community. Well, now we're going to zone in on, on uh, the message here today. We've got kind of a unique message uh, as we close out uh, 2017 on what it means to grow from the feedback that has been given to us. And uh, 
really excited. Uh, we got kind of a special treat here at our North Campus. One of our grow pastors here at Gateway North, Nicholas Sowell, is going to be bringing today's message. Nicholas has been a staff member here uh, for a while and is, is leads in a bunch of different capacities here on our campus if you haven't had a chance to meet him personally. He uh, leads out in our Alpha ministry, which helps uh, folks who are sorting out spiritual questions and what it would mean to even have faith in God. Uh, he leads in that. He leads in our 20s and 30s community, the Anchor Network, uh, building into life groups and, and people in that season of life, uh, but primarily spends a lot of time focused in being with people in community and helping them grow. So I think you're going to be really glad you're here. I know I'm looking forward uh, to learning from the message that Nicholas is bringing us today. But to kind of prime the pump and to get you thinking about feedback, uh, we wanted you to watch something because we realize sometimes when you're looking for feedback, you welcome it. But not all feedback is necessarily what you were looking for. Watch. Phil, what's taking you so long? Be right down. He's probably deciding between his cargo shorts and his sweatpants. <laughs> I'm predicting cargo shorts, but you never know with Phil. Could be sweatpants too, I don't know. Hello, ladies. Phil Miller, what's gotten into you? I don't know what you're talking about, Carol. Just coming down for dinner as I do. So you got rid of the beard? Yes, I did. Thought that was kind of cool. You did? Oh. Yeah. Your chin is too pointy. You just need something to smooth it out. You feel the same way about it. Yeah, you look smaller. Weaker. Okay. <laughs> what do you look like? Quentin Tarantino. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that. Katie but... Lang. Oh, Katie. It's Katie Lang. Isn't it? Katie Lang, the, the female country singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like it. <laughs> well, you don't have to look at it. <laughs> I guess I don't. Uh, shall we eat? <laughs> and that's why I still have my beard. <laughs> have you ever gotten unsolicited feedback? Maybe even painful feedback. We all have, right? And that's why we don't want to hear it. Married men, maybe you can relate. You walk into your closet, you throw some clothes on, you walk out, and your wife says, No, no, do not wear that. A couple months back, I had come to work. We were about to have a church staff meeting, and Nate Sullivan, who's one of our next gen pastors, came and he sat down next to me. And I remember saying, Nate, I like that shirt, man. It looks really good on you. And he said, yeah, uh, my wife picked it out for me. Thanks, man. And not more than five minutes later, Chris Parker, one of our grow pastors, comes and sits down right next to us. And I remember saying, Chris, those shoes are really cool, man. Where'd you get those? And he was like, yeah, I don't know. My wife picked them up and bought them for me. And I kid you not, this is a completely true story. Not more than 10 minutes later, I remember I walked up to John that morning and I said, John, I just want to let you know, like, I've been noticing your style on stage, man. You've been stepping up your game. You're looking good. You got these sweaters looking really good. And he was like, yeah, Kathy picks out my clothes for me. <laughs> Only to find out later that she's been picking out his clothes for the last 25 years. So there you go. <laughs> so in those instances, feedback, definitely helpful. I recently walked into a leaders meeting with my Los Angeles Dodgers t-shirt on. And one of my leaders walked in with her Houston Astros championship t-shirt on. And she looks over at me and she goes, what are you wearing that crap for? And I was like, are you kidding me? In that instance, definitely not helpful. And still too soon, still too soon. <laughs> We've all experienced that feedback can come from anywhere. Family, friends, coworkers, boss, the lady in the grocery store aisle who's looking at you and with the stink eye, judging you for how you're handling your kids. Literally anywhere. And by the way, that last example is judgment, not feedback. But despite how poorly we've, been, we've experienced or received feedback, I'm realizing more and more just how important 
feedback really is. And I'll be upfront with you, Gateway. I personally am in a season where I'm trying to learn how to better hear and receive and implement and walk out the feedback that I've been given. But if I'm being honest with you, most of my life, I have been absolutely terrible at receiving feedback. Most of the time, if anybody had something to say to me, I would just, I would wall up, I wouldn't allow myself to hear it, and I would turn and I would walk the other way. All of that despite what scripture says in Proverbs 15, 31. If you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be at home among the wise. So in order for us to receive wisdom, we've got to learn how to receive from others. You know, I thought my, my abilities and skills were better than the next guy. And so if anybody came to give me feedback or tell me something about me, they just weren't for me. They were trying to tear me down or they were trying to bring me down. And my belief was, I don't need people to speak in my life. I don't need community to speak into my life. Either because it felt too uncomfortable or vulnerable or painful, and I didn't want to put myself in that space. And I'm sad to admit that because of that, I didn't experience very deep connection or relationship. Because sure, I could tell you what's wrong with you. I could tell somebody about what was wrong with them. But when it came time for you to tell me something about me, uh uh-uh. And because of that, I honestly couldn't grow. As I stepped into college, I took a full-time position as a a high school youth pastor. And I'll I'll never forget this. One of my my junior high youth pastors came to me one day and he said, man, I just want to give you some advice. This is what he told me. A true leader would never ask someone to do something he himself is not willing to do. And I remember thinking to myself, that's freaking stupid. That's why you become a leader, so you don't have to do this stuff. (laughs) But you know what? He was right, obviously. And I had to learn the hard way. But had I been able to receive and listen to that feedback, I probably would have become a much better leader much sooner. So in order to grow in wisdom, we must learn to receive from others. So obviously today we're talking on feedback. Moving into the new year, we're going to look at what it means to become smarter, faster, stronger, wiser. But today we're focusing on this thing of feedback so that We can become all that God has for us. Now, I know I've already given it to you, but I want to come back to it because this is really the heart of the message today, Proverbs 15, 31. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. So it's wise to be the kind of person who can give feedback and receive it because we all need it. Now, I know starting down this, this journey of feedback may bring up a huge wide array of emotions for every single one of us. You know, for many of us, maybe you didn't receive it in any any way that was gracious or loving or helpful. And maybe for you, it, it, you experienced it as a personal attack, like me. So I struggled to trust and listen to what others had to say to me. And, and, and when someone did, like I said, I would wall up. And what I mean by that is I would just emotionally shut down. I wouldn't allow myself to hear what they had to say to me. So maybe today you can relate to that experience, that when I say the word feedback, there's only negative emotion tied to it, let alone something that feels good or could produce fruit in our lives. But feedback is so important for us as imperfect people who still need to grow. And we can all think of examples of people who are blind to the way that they're affecting others around them. Maybe it's an alcoholic parent who can't see how they're wrecking their children's lives. Or maybe it's a self-centered aunt who no one wants to be around because she dominates conversation, makes everything about her. Or maybe it's the crass critical coworker who's a character assassin to any coworker who's not in the room. We've all experienced situations like that at some point or at some point in time. We all have people we'd love to give feedback to if they'd listen, right? But we don't, because we know they won't. We know they won't listen. But what if they did? What if they were able to receive it? Don't you wish they'd be secure and humble enough 
to take feedback and grow? And wouldn't that make life better for everybody? Now let me ask another question. Is it possible that we, you and me, also need to be able to receive back to grow? Could there be blind spots in our lives? Could there be areas where we need to grow, but we don't see it without feedback? So what keeps us from fully receiving it? Why should we? And honestly, what's the payoff? Well, the short answer is growth, to grow. Healthy things grow. And if you plan to stay stuck as the same person, I hate to tell you, but the rest of this message is probably gonna not be very helpful and annoying to you. We come together with the expectation that we can become more than we are now. And God isn't that concerned with our level of comfort. He wants us to grow. Because feedback is wonderful when it's truthful and helpful and we can actually receive it and hear it. But it's hard when we don't apply it and we can't receive it. Imagine with me for a second a basketball team. No, really, imagine with me a basketball team that has a great coach with great wisdom and great feedback to give his players, but they don't do anything with it. What would that look like? Well, probably the Dallas Mavericks. But (laughs) now imagine with me a basketball team that has an amazing coach, has had some of the most amazing coaches to ever live, some of the most amazing players to ever live at their disposal for feedback and wisdom and experience to receive from and was able to receive that. What would that look like? Probably the best basketball team on the planet. Probably the one with the most championships in the modern era, the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm just saying... Oh, come on. You want to talk about unsolicited feedback? I get plenty of that around here when I wear my Lakers gear. (laughs) We just retired Kobe Bryant's jersey, or should I say jerseys, because what other organization retires two jerseys for one player? The best is the answer. Uh, (laughs) But the point is, a basketball team that can't receive feedback cannot improve. Or imagine um, school, kids with, with no feedback. They wouldn't even know if they're getting something right or wrong. No feedback, no intellectual growth. Or imagine corporate America, any business, any company doesn't know how to improve unless they get feedback from their customer to even know what they're doing right or wrong or how they can improve or how they can improve a product or even the employees or team players in those companies. If they can't apply and receive the feedback, they don't get better. As people who are hoping to grow spiritually into more truly spirit-filled, loving, kind, peaceful, patient Life-giving people, we must learn to receive and act on feedback. And here's the deal. We can can only be as self-aware as we allow ourselves to be. So how do we grow in our own level of self-awareness? One major way is to understand how we're affecting others through receiving feedback. You know, my grandfather, he always used to tell me, I'll never forget this. One day, he, he would just drop these nuggets of wisdom. Grandson, I just want you to understand something. Your life is not your own. So many times I hear, well, it's my life. It's my decision. But he always told me, your life is not your own. The people that love you, that are in relationship with you, that are connected to you, your decisions don't just affect yourself. They affect everyone else around you that you're in relationship with, that you're in community with. So understanding how people see and experience us or perceive us is significant. Not only because some of the least self-aware people on the planet, which are the hardest to be around, can't receive it, But knowing how others see and experience us is important so we can grow as people. To understand that oftentimes I can't see out clearly outside of a situation that I'm in the middle of, or to also understand that my own level of wisdom is extremely limited. 
Another time that I received um, feedback, but I completely disregarded it, I was in college. It was right when Facebook rolled out. It was still exclusively for college. It was back when I still thought it was cool. And they had this feature that they rolled out called Honesty Box. This is what it looks like. And the whole point of Honesty Box was that you could send a message to someone completely anonymously and say whatever you wanted, which sounds like a fantastic idea, right? Because what could go wrong there? So I remember one day I logged into Facebook. Sure enough, I had a message in my, in my honesty box. And the, thing, the only thing that you did know was whether it came from a guy or a girl. So I remember I went in one day and I had a message. And this is what it said. You're a great guy, but you use your value of the romantic relationships you're in as a cover for who you really are. I'd love to see you do life without always having to have a woman by your side. <laughs> Conviction. So what did I do? Well, I... I quit Honesty Box. <laughs> Post-college, uh, I moved to do uh, mission work in Asia. And I wound up in, in a house with a bunch of really good guys. Some of them became really good buddies of mine. And one of my, my close friends came to me one day and he said, man, I just, I just want to call something out in your life. I just see that you're really battling with this thing of, of pride. And I knew that situation very well because it was very familiar to me. It was the same situation I'd experienced time and time again when somebody wanted to bring something to me, but I wasn't willing to hear it. But for whatever reason, that day in my heart, I decided, I didn't think he was right. I told him, you know what, I'll pray about that. But all I knew was, okay, you know what, I'm going to choose to try and do something about that. And I remember I I took it to God and I prayed about it. And sure enough, God's like, yeah, this is something that I want to work through in you. And so for me, that day when I decided to take that one piece of feedback, it shifted everything for me. For the first time in my life, I chose to press into feedback that was painful, but bringing something to the light. And though I didn't know exactly what to do with it, I knew trying to understand what to do with it and focusing on it was a really good place to start. American minister and author Vincent Norman Peale, best known for his book, The Power of Positive Thinking, said this, The trouble with most of us is we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. We would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. For me, something broke that day. Something shifted inside of me. And partly it was because I came through the other side of that interaction with my friend and it allowed me to start working on something that I dealt with basically my whole life but I wasn't willing to look at. And eventually I saw the the fruit of humility start to come through. And because of that one moment, I was able to consistently start receiving from others or at the very least hear them out and say, hey, I'll pray about that. I started to realize as I did that, it became easier to receive from others. And ultimately I could receive from others who didn't know how to give it in a very good way. I could begin to start to see through their pain and what they were saying about me or what they were calling out. Winston Churchill said this, criticism may not be agreeable, but it is necessary. It fulfills the same function as pain in the human body. It calls attention to an unhealthy state of things. I know you've probably been hurt by feedback at some point in your life. I think we all have. You've probably received it in a really terrible way. And despite how poorly we've received it, I propose to you, Gateway, that it's much more important to know how to receive that feedback even if it is unfair or biased or off base or poorly delivered, to try not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. My hope is that we would become a people that can sift through the poor packaging of even terrible feedback 
and see what's really being said, what's really being called out in us. So feedback basically pushes us on two fronts. And here are the two fronts. The first being the desire as people to learn and grow. And the second being the need to be affirmed and accepted and loved in what you do or who you are. And maybe you can relate to my story that when I almost always heard feedback, it felt like no matter what was said or how it was said, it came across as you are not affirmed or accepted or loved or enough. And the problem was that I couldn't see that most of the people who actually had the fortitude to approach me and give me feedback were the people that loved me the most. Funny how that works, isn't it? The lie I believed in my resistance to any feedback was that because it hurt or stung when I heard it, that it must not be good or life-giving or beneficial to me. But I've since learned that just because there's pain in something doesn't mean that it's not good or not of God. How many of you can attest to the fact that some of the hardest life lessons that you've had to walk out have also come from some of the most painful experiences in your life? I truly believe that where a lot of our personal breakthroughs um, regarding this come from is in understanding the pain. And so for me, it was pride that blinded me from seeing what was there that I needed to work through. Proverbs 13.10 says this, pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. You see, most of my life, I was blessed to have parents and grandparents that always gave me positive affirmation. They always told me, hey, dream as big as you want to dream. You know, decide what you want to do and you can do it. You've got what it takes. You have what it takes. Be the best at what you decide to be and you're going to be the best at what you decide to be. And maybe some of you grew up on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe all you heard was, you're a mistake. You don't matter. You don't have what it takes. Why do you have to be my kid? And to you, I just want to say this morning, I am so sorry I just want to let you know that is not God's heart for you. That is not what God thinks about you. God is overjoyed when he considers you his son or his daughter. And he says, you are worth it. You are worth giving my son for. And I know how painful that must be. I can only imagine. But I just want you to hear this morning that, and I want to apologize for those people that have given you that message. But I want you to hear this morning, that is not God's heart for you. So for me, because I, I heard the positive affirmations, I'm so incredibly grateful that I grew up with those. But unfortunately, the way I interpreted a lot of them was, look at me, I'm amazing. Or I'm better than the next guy. But despite which end of the spectrum we grew up on, maybe you weren't on, on this end of the spectrum. Maybe you weren't on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you were here or here. But despite where we are along that route, we've got to learn how to receive feedback. That whether feedback is negative or positive, it's still just feedback. And we've got to decide what we're going to do with it. Proverbs 12, 15 says this, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. So as Christians, we battle this huge tension, right? As I mentioned before, this tension between our need to be accepted and respected as we are now and wanting to learn and grow. Or in other words, feedback affirms and coaches. And in this, there's no better model, better model for us than Jesus Christ. He, he fully accepts us unconditionally where we are right now. And maybe you're in a season where you just feel like you're, you're dying or you're under so much weight or you made such a mess of your life or there's just so, there's no joy or hope 
He still loves you fully where you are right now. And at the same time, simultaneously commands us to grow. He doesn't expect us to just stay where we are. And it's in this space that we love more graciously, forgive more fully, and see why we need each other in our own limitations and to see where we need to grow. When you invite and receive feedback, you won't just accelerate your personal growth or professional growth. You will accelerate your spiritual growth and learning to to love receiving, well, maybe not love receiving feedback, but learning to receive feedback is such a huge part of what the Christian faith is all about. Another thing that we should be able to do is receive feedback from those who are where we want to be. I remember when I found out I was going to be a father for the first time, I had no idea how to be a father. So I started looking for dads whose kids not only adored them, but honored and respected them. And I was just intentional enough to say, hey, can I just take you to coffee? I just want to know what have you done? What does that look like for you? And just being intentional to pull on that. Maybe you're a business professional and there's someone in the company that's where you want to be. It's humbling yourself enough to just stop and say, how? How did you get there? And receive that wisdom and experience. Looking for the fruit in other people's lives that we want in our own. And getting the feedback, getting the wisdom and how they walk that out. Huge deal. So where do these areas of affirmation or coaching come from? Well, those are a few examples. But maybe you're saying to yourself, yeah, I want those people. I just don't have them. My hope and heart and desire for everyone is that they'd have a community of people in their lives who truly know them. That have been told they have a place or permission to speak into our lives or give us feedback. And maybe you're sitting here today and you want that. Let me just tell you it's not too late. But let me also say community happens outside of Sunday mornings. You're not going to get a full taste or a full grasp of real community just on a Sunday. Maybe the thought of community scares you to death. Maybe a good first step is just going to starting gate after service and just seeing what this church is about. Maybe it's just serving so you can start building relationship alongside others. Or maybe it is really wanting that community to grow spiritually, intentionally in the context of community and joining a life group. Will we give others a place and ability to speak into our lives? Because here's the deal, much like life without others in it, Christianity doesn't really work alone. You'll never find the phrase personal relationship with Jesus in the Bible. And that's not to negate the importance of that. That's a huge deal. But Christianity was designed to walk out in the context of community. It was always meant to be around community. That's why Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And by the way, love oftentimes looks like having that tough conversation with someone. Sometimes it's giving that feedback so relational brokenness or disconnect can be restored. or So the person can become aware of something that maybe they had no idea about. Hebrews 10, 45 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I truly believe that God often speaks to us through community. And I believe that sometimes God will only speak to us through community so that we're almost pushed into it. And I can't tell you how many times community has been such a healing and restorative place for me. I also can't tell you how many times it's been the catalyst for calling out something in my life that I couldn't see or that I had no idea was there. 
In college, I had a best friend. Uh, his name was Ryan, great guy. We immediately hit it off. We became best friends. We were inseparable. And we just did everything together. We decided to join a church together to be a sport and strength to each other. And we also decided to join a fraternity together. I know that seems counterintuitive, but we're in college. What do you want? So <laughs> it, was, it was so that we would have each other and be a support system and speak truth to each other. Because Lord knows you need someone speaking truth to you when you're about to jump off a second-story apartment building off of a, a dare in college. And he, he just, he was the life of the party. I remember this one time we had a school dance and he was trying to impress this girl and he was trying to bust this like worm move and jacked himself up. And I remember dying laughing. I gave him grief for weeks. He was just such a happy-go-lucky guy. Well, after initiation week, or as we called it, hell week, um, I didn't see him for a couple days, which was weird because we were always together. And I got a phone call from his mom and his mom told me that they had found a brain tumor in his brain. So by the time they went into surgery, the tumor had actually grown to the size of a lemon, and they couldn't get it all out. So the plan then became do as much, do, in, the first surgery, get, in the first surgery, get as much out as possible, and then let him rest, go into a second, and get the rest out. But in between the first and second surgery, he slipped into a coma and eventually passed away. Now for me, the whole process through this was, I, I come from an extremely small family, so I only had one family member close to me that really, that passed away. And I had so much faith and hope that God had Ryan in that time. Ryan was such a man of God. He was giving God glory throughout his entire process and tribulation. So for me, having so much hope in what God was going to do in saving Ryan, when I found out that Ryan passed away and I found out in just a terrible way, it wrecked me and it messed with me. And, And that day, I'll never forget, my heart shifted towards God. I became so angry because I had a hard time believing that God was a good God. And I just remember saying, forget you, God. Forget church, forget Christianity, forget religion, forget all of it because I'm done. And I walked away from God. And that started me down this season, this journey in my life of darkness and despair and hopelessness and joylessness. I had this new hole in my heart that God used to fill that wasn't there anymore. So I was just trying to fill it with sexual relationships or alcohol or whatever. I was just trying to fill it. But I remember I just kept slipping into more and more depression. And I I, I would have these moments where I would recall and understand that the only time I had true joy in my life was when I had a relationship with God. But I was still so hurt and so angry and I didn't have answers that I wasn't willing. And in in that season, community is kind of ironic. Even though I had walled myself up and turned away from God, community was still speaking God's truth to me. My buddy Brandon would just sit and watch TV with me and when he had the opportunity, he would speak truth to me. Or my friend Courtney, who would just speak scripture about God's goodness and who he is, even though I wasn't hearing it at all. Or my buddy Big John, who would just give me these huge beer hu- uh, bear hugs, not beer hugs, we were in fraternity, but it was bear hugs, um, and just say, it's gonna be okay. And, it, and yeah, that affirmation and that encouragement is good too, but there were times where they confronted me and gave me feedback of, dude, you're making some really poor choices for your life right now. This isn't who you are, you're better than this. And because of that, I remember in those moments where the only time I had joy or peace was when I had a relationship with God, I didn't think those stuck or got in, but somehow they did. To the point when I remember the only option that I felt like I had left was to turn back to God. And I was still angry and I still didn't have answers, but I just started one day with one simple prayer. It was like one sentence. 
and the next day maybe two, and then eventually a paragraph until one day I remember I decided to open the Bible. And it was one of those, like, you just randomly open the Bible things. All right, God, what do you want to say to me? By the way, I don't recommend that at all. But God decided to use it for me that day. <laughs> and what he did was, I remember I opened it clearly, and it was Isaiah 57.1. And this is what it said. The righteous perish, and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Now, in no way is this a commentary on, um, you know, death or people passing, but for me personally, that's what I needed to hear that day, to at least have the willingness to shift my heart back towards God and be willing to hear what he had to say to me. Here's my point. Not only does community help you survive or even thrive in tough times, but it's also the safe place that can be a springboard into the more of what God has for you as a person. Furthermore, when it comes to making life decisions, like big decisions, a lot, of the thing, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just pray and feel like I hear God clearly on a matter. And then I'll turn to my community and say, hey, would you guys pray about this as well? Would you guys pray and, and see what you're hearing God on? And when I feel like I'm hearing God confidently on something and I turn to my community, I'm hearing them say the same thing, then I feel confident that what I'm stepping out on is a firm foundation. It's solid ground. You know, personally, um, my wife calls it her home team. I have a buddy who calls it his board of directors. Here at Gateway, we call two or three people that we're intentionally doing life with, that we're pressing in in faith and prayer and vulnerability and transparency with, running partners. It doesn't really matter what you call it. The point is, who has a place to speak into your life? Who really knows you? Who has access to have that voice for you? When life feels like it's killing you and you're dying under a thousand pounds, who's there to be a strength, to hold you up, to pray with you, or to simply say, it's going to be okay. Maybe it's just that you need community in that moment to hear you're doing a great job. Or though, or, or though no one else notices all the work you're doing, I do. Like, hey, all the, all the hard work and sacrifice and time that you're putting in, I know no one sees you, but I do, and I appreciate you. And sometimes that's just all we need. Oftentimes... Um, oftentimes when I hear that, it's, it's, it's just this energy, it's this burst of life that helps me move on into, into the next thing. It helps me get past that roadblock. Proverbs 19.20 says this, get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise the rest of your life. What would it take for you to receive a truth from someone? And what are the fruits that could come from it? Maybe it could bring as much breakthrough as the example of my buddy confronting me with my pride. Maybe it could quite literally change your life. For me, that one single truth, that one single feedback changed my life. And because that one person decided to say something to me, it, because that one time, my life has changed. I decided to finally listen to it. From then on, when others called things out, I was, I was willing to apply the feedback. When someone was upset, I became able to hear their heart and respond regardless of how it was said. And when someone has access, that I've given access to speak into my life does, I listen. If we can begin to truly embrace feedback, it will change us. And subsequently, it will also enrich the lives of the people around us, not just because we're becoming better versions of ourselves, but because we're becoming better versions of ourselves to everyone else around us, to everyone else that we're coming in contact and, and, and encounter in our lives. So I have a challenge for you today, Gateway. 
here's my challenge to you. That you would go up to three people that matter to you and that you trust. Those are huge caveats. That matter to you and that you trust. And ask them these two questions. The first is, what's one thing you particularly appreciate? Maybe it's about something I do, something about me, a characteristic or a strength or a gift that you see inside of me, but what's one thing that you particularly appreciate? And the second is, what's one thing I'm failing to do that you might change or I can be doing better? Now, the key word here is one thing, because you ask somebody and they're just going to start this litany of stuff. (laughs) But what is this one thing that I'm failing to do or that I can be doing better? And I challenge you to stay in that moment and hear it, even if it's in that terrible feedback packaging. The better we become at receiving feedback, the better we become at giving it. When we can take feedback, regardless of how it's given, and apply it to our lives, we can begin to accelerate growth in every area of our lives. As we finish and move into the song, I want you to consider if this is who you want to become. As we move into the new year and have the ability and opportunity to decide who we want to become, do we want to become more? Do we want to grow? Next week, we're moving into our new series, Smarter, Faster, Stronger, Wiser. To, be, to, to look at that and decide what that looks like. But will you decide to seek out and become wise people who take constructive feedback?